Hello, everyone. Welcome to Minghui Radio, bringing you podcasts of stories relating to the persecution of Falun Gong in China, insights and experiences gained by practitioners during the course of their cultivation, special items of interest, and music composed and performed by Dafa practitioners. The following is an experience-sharing article entitled Sharing My Thoughts with Those Who Practiced Cultivation Together When We Were Little by a Falun Dafa practitioner in China. The article was published on the Minghui website on January 3, 2024. I am 37 years old. I began Falun Dafa cultivation practice with my family in 1995 when I was 8 years old. At that time, there were many little practitioners my age, including my classmates. Every morning, we went to the practice site with our families to do the exercises. Afterward, the kids would get together and play. We often saw Falun's law wheels in the sky. Those days were really carefree and without worries. I thought that all of us would grow up cultivating Dafa. However, 28 years later, I found I'm only one of a few of those little practitioners who still practice cultivation. We live in a bustling city. There were many Falun Dafa practitioners at my age here before the persecution started, but now there are not many left. Most of them are cultivating at home secretly and don't do the three things. There are several reasons why the young practitioners I know gave up their cultivation. Some stopped because their family members gave up practicing for fear of persecution. Some were mesmerized by material interests, sentimentality, etc. Others stopped practicing because they feared being implicated when being interrogated by the police after a family member was illegally arrested. It is undeniable that practitioners of my age have experienced hardships that other people of similar age never experienced. It's common under the persecution that our parents or elders who practice cultivation were threatened, have their homes searched, and are persecuted. My growing up was accompanied by the experience of having my home ransacked, my parents and grandmother being arrested, and even other family members being persecuted to death. During this time, I thought about suicide many times. If I hadn't practiced cultivation, I wouldn't have dared to imagine I would still be alive today. Those of us who grew up in China are deeply aware of the pain and helplessness involved. We often felt that both life and cultivation were too hard. So when I heard that my friends my age had given up their cultivation, I thought it was a pity, but also understandable. After all, it's very hard to live every moment in fear. I recently watched the movie Once We Were Divine. In the movie, practitioners went to Tiananmen Square to seek justice for Dafa and Master Li, Dafa's founder, completely putting aside the concern for their own safety. I felt proud of them, and I thought, if they didn't become gods, who can? Those are our elders. As their children, those of us who don't practice now, or who only practice at home and avoid doing anything to awaken people, should all feel ashamed. As a group of young practitioners, we've been protected by our parents and other adult practitioners in the past, since the beginning of the persecution. They have faced the evil at the front lines. It was natural to be protected by our parents in the past. However, we're adults now. 
Some of us are married and have children. Some establish their own businesses. We should now be able to shoulder the responsibility of a DAFA practitioner. We must understand that we're also here for the FA and are no longer children practicing under the supervision of our parents. When I was little, I once saw the process of my reincarnation in a dream. I was on a cloud with the heavenly palace behind me. Next to me stood a white-haired Taoist priest, dressed in white and holding a whisk. He pointed down at me and said, There are now two families who are destined for you. One family has power and money, and you will look beautiful after your reincarnation. You will be prosperous and wealthy all your life. The other family has no money or power, and you will not look attractive, but you can cultivate Dafa. When I heard the words cultivate Dafa, I immediately jumped in and was reincarnated into my current family. Because of our practicing cultivation, we have never been sick since we were little, and many of us have our celestial eyes open and can see Falun and scenes in other dimensions. Have we forgotten all this? When I was in high school, I was involved in a car accident. I was fine while my bicycle was deformed. At the time, I knew Master was protecting me, although my parents were locked in prison. Thinking back, how much have we benefited from Dafa? Master said in Cultivation and Dafa is Serious, quote, I hereby tell these people, when you first stepped into Dafa, you had already used your life to sign a contract. No matter how old or young you were, or how much time has passed, making a vow is serious. In other words, for those who say they have stopped cultivating, and those who have left Dafa, whether in the early days or recently, you still have to fulfill your vow, whether you cultivate or not. Initially, when you wanted to become a Dafa disciple, during the Fa rectification of the cosmic Dafa, that was very, very serious. This is a momentous choice for a being. Moreover, it's a vow that was signed with one's life. So you think you can just cultivate if you want to and stop if you don't want to? How could humans be allowed to make a joke of this heavy cosmic responsibility of the gods and of the Creator? Once a vow is signed, it must be fulfilled. Unquote. I also want to say a few words to the parents of my former fellow practitioners. Are you truly loving your grown children by hiding them behind your back, having them practice secretly, and not letting them do the things to save people? Ordinary people often say, parents who love their children must have far-reaching plans. As Dafa practitioners, you should look at things according to the Fa's principles. The children also obtain the Fa before 1999 and must fulfill their missions to save people to build their own mighty virtue. Isn't it harming them to let them cultivate secretly? You must look at this matter by getting rid of human sentiment and treating your children as fellow practitioners in order to take the correct path. I am grateful to my parents who are clear-minded and educated me with the FAS principles so I could persist in my cultivation. They regarded me as a fellow practitioner took me to distribute truth clarification materials, and encouraged me to tell my classmates about Dafa, even when the persecution was at its worst. They also encouraged me to sue former CCP leader Zhang Zemin using my real name. 
Although my parents were illegally detained many times, they told me not to be afraid, to do the three things that Master requires, establish my own mighty virtue, and fulfill my vows. With such encouragement, no matter how severe the persecution is, I can firmly continue on to complete my mission. Time is really running out. My friends, I sincerely hope that those who practice cultivation on and off, as well as those who've given up, can realize the seriousness of the problem and return to Dafa. This is not only for yourselves, but also for the sake of those sentient beings who are counting on you. Don't let yourself regret it. When the Fa rectifies the human world, The following is an experience sharing article entitled Not Missing an Opportunity in the Rain by a Falun Dafa practitioner in China. The article was published on the Mingwei website on January 10, 2024. After being imprisoned for three and a half years, I was released in October 2018. I turned 55 that year. Due to the persecution I experienced in prison, my legs became swollen and stiff. The pain all over my body was so bad that I'd wake up in the middle of the night. I had been living with my elderly father for years. My daughter visited me for a couple of days and had to return to her work, which was in another city. Despite the pain, I had to take care of my father, who was in his 80s. I was able to endure the pain but it was unbearable to think of what I had done in prison. I couldn't stand the torture and had signed a guarantee statement to give up my faith in Falun Dafa. I felt so much shame for letting down Master's compassionate salvation. I felt desperate under the psychological agony and the spiritual torment. I almost completely gave up on myself. Feeling lost and aimless, I often cried by myself. I would take my father out for a walk after his afternoon nap every day. One day in mid-October, as we were walking down a small path among trees of autumn colors, it suddenly started drizzling. We didn't have any umbrellas with us, so we went into a small convenience store nearby. It was a simple store with a few items for sale. An older man sat inside with a gloomy, straight face. Standing at the door, I asked him if it was okay for us to take shelter in his store from the rain. He replied softly, Come in, and handed us a couple of folding stools. I thanked him and sat down with my father. The older man ate sunflower seeds slowly. I bought a bag of sunflower seeds and started eating them with my father too. Seeing that I was holding the shells in my hands, the man said, it's fine to drop them on the floor. I took out a plastic bag and put the shells in it instead. The older man spoke very little. He ate sunflower seeds and glared outside of the windows without any facial expression. I tried to chat with him, and he told me that his wife used to run the store, but they planned to close it because of her poor health. 
their daughter was a good student and did well on the written civil service exam, but she didn't get a job for a long time. Someone told him that he needed to resort to bribery to make it happen. His daughter finally got hired. Seeing his sadness, I wanted to tell him the truth about Falun Dafa, but I saw a surveillance camera when I lifted my head. A warning note next to it said, something like, connected to the police station. My heart started to pound. I had flashbacks of my time in prison. I hesitated. However, the older man's gloomy eyes rekindled my compassion, thinking how much sentient beings had endured to wait for this day of hearing the truth. I told myself I must save him. I started to send forth righteous thoughts to the surveillance camera and started clarifying the facts of Falun Dafa to him. I began by talking about how the Chinese Communist Party CCP members involved in the persecution have been passing away. The hidden character stone which prophesies the demise of the CCP and the strong tide of people quitting the CCP. The man started to pay close attention. I asked him, have you ever joined the Communist Party? He replied, no, but I joined the Youth League and the Young Pioneers when I was in school. What's your last name? I asked, Lou. How about quitting these organizations with a nickname, Lu Tangtian, I asked him. He immediately said, sure. My father became afraid. He urged me to leave. I told him, could you wait for me outside? Let me finish. I also told the man about Falun Dafa's popularity around the world and the truth of the self-immolation hoax on Tiananmen Square. Before I could finish, he slowly uttered, I have read about it. When I was working as a security guard in a residential compound four years ago, I saw a Falun Gong brochure on a door. It talked about the self-immolation hoax. Something told me that I was the one who had put the brochure there. Before I was thrown into prison, I distributed brochures in my locale for six months. I asked the man, which residential compound? He told me in detail where it was. I was sure I was the one who had put the brochures there. I used to think while in prison, my suffering is worthy, even if one person had read the brochures I distributed. Master must have arranged for me to meet the man today in order to tell me that my suffering wasn't in vain. I was filled with gratitude. My confidence slowly grew. The rain stopped and the cloudy sky cleared. The man was awakened to the truth. I felt that the sunshine reached my heart. Looking at the older man, I suddenly found that he had completely changed. A benevolent smile replaced his gloominess. His face even radiated with a gentle glow. I was amazed by the power of Falun Dafa. Master is great. How blessed sentient beings are for knowing the truth of Falun Dafa. I kept thinking Master in my mind on our way home. I had found my true thoughts and knew what to do. I was no longer lost in my self-interest. Sentient beings are longing for salvation. 
I have no time to waste crying or blaming myself. Master has told us in teachings given on Lantern Festival Day 2003, quote, I don't like it when you blame yourselves. It is completely pointless. I'll just repeat what I said. If you've fallen, don't just lie there. Get up right away, unquote. I decided to do what Master taught. Get up right away. Time is pressing. Wasting any time is wrong. I have resumed my mission of clarifying the truth of Falun Dafa since that day. Thank you for listening to the Minghui Radio Podcast. For more information, including news about the persecution of Falun Gong practitioners in China and experience sharing stories by practitioners around the world, please visit our website at en.minghui.org.